0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio. Welcome to the High Velocity Radio show where we celebrate top performers producing better results in less time. Stone Peyton here with you this morning. You guys are in for such a real treat. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, author, speaker, consultant, and founder of Pajama Program... Miss Genevieve Peturu, how are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you for this invitation, Stone.
0: Well, I am delighted to have you on the show. I got a ton of questions. We won't get to them all, but I'm thinking maybe a good place to start is if you could share with our listeners mission, purpose, what are you really out there trying to do for folks?
1: Well, you know, I never... No one ever asked me what my purpose was, or no one ever suggested I might have one and consider it when I was thinking about a career. And I think that's true for a lot of people who've entered, you know, who are in the business world now for 10 or more years, 20 years, even, you know, I thought lucky people found their purpose, you know, famous people. I didn't know we all had one. So when I sort of tripped on mine and it, it appeared out of nowhere, I thought, this this is something that I want to share, that we all have a purpose because nothing felt more right for me to be doing than when I jumped off that corporate ladder because something stimulated me finding my purpose. And what is the backstory? How did you find
0: yourself in, in this line of work? Was it a catalytic moment or did it sort of just
1: evolve? I like that word. It was definitely catalytic, I was climbing the corporate ladder, always wanted to work in the world of television. And I did. I was behind the scenes in marketing and I started in radio. And I loved it. It was a fast paced world. I For 12 years, I worked my way up to vice president of marketing for several television syndication companies. And it was my dream. Or so I thought and I really was not paying attention to my roots. I was an Italian firstborn daughter, um, firstborn here in the U.S., and family was very, very important to my family. And I just didn't have that get married and have children vibe. I had that businesswoman vibe. vibe. But one day, 12 years into this corporate career, I heard a voice in me ask me a simple question, and it asked me, if this is the next 30 years of your life, is this enough? And Stone, that stopped me cold because I'd Mm. never heard a voice from in me. I'd never considered anything else or really what I was missing. And the answer came just as quickly. You missed something really important. And I realized that although I didn't want to get married and have kids right then and there, I needed children in my life. And I started reading in shelters and I never felt more grounded than at night after a crazy busy work day to sit on the floor with these children who were brought in by police and social workers because of, you know, being hurt in so many ways. And I felt connected to them and I felt connected to me and I'd never felt that before. It took me a while to even use that word. I felt connected to them and to myself and over time reading to them, I got to to know a little bit about the process. And when I saw them sleeping in their clothes for the first night, they were brought in and Mm -hmm. huddled together on futons. And, you know, they had nothing. They were so afraid. I wanted to bring pajamas because I saw the bedtime I had flashed before me. And when I did and I handed them out, most of the children took them quietly. And one little girl was just afraid to take them. And in a Mm -hmm. moment or two, when I just gently prodded her to take them She whispered to me, what are pajamas? And that changed everything. I nearly, you know, I nearly fell over and I, it went right to the core of me. And I just realized I've been, I'm the founder of pajama program. Now we're celebrating 22 years. The experience of living your purpose has changed everything in my life. And and I started talking and speaking on it. And that's what I do now.
0: Yeah, so you're you're out there, you're speaking, you're
1: consulting. So who are you speaking to and and consulting with? Well, it's so funny because I was doing this while I was still executive director of Pajama Program, and I wanted that position um, to start to grow us. And after 20 years, I decided to go out on my own to speak about this experience and further it. And so I speak and I have always spoken to groups who are maybe looking for chapter two, who aren't fulfilled in general about how to find your purpose and how it changes everything and how we have one. Every single one of us has one. It's not just for the lucky few. And then in and after the pandemic it was at its high, we all were reconsidering what we were doing. And even if you love your job, there's a way there to communicate with your coworkers and the leaders of the company, how to make it purposeful for everyone there to grow the company's bottom line, to grow the company's camaraderie, to feel inspired. So even if you have a job, you can find your purpose.
0: It it must be, it's got to be
1: incredibly rewarding work. You know, yes, rewarding. I don't even, there's gotta be a better word than rewarding because You feel like you belong exactly where you are. You feel like you are in the right skin. You feel like there are forces outside of you that are supporting you. The right people come. Now, when I started a pajama program and I jumped and left my job, I had had very little. I was not a saver. And it was very frightening. I had a lot of nights where I cried myself to sleep afraid that what did I do? And could I get all these children pajamas? And I didn't even know what a 501c3 was. So I did it. Um, you know, I did it in, in a way that probably wasn't easy. And I coach people on both, <laughs> you know, how I got through that and how to do it a little with a little less stress. Um, but you, you still always feel like. You are where you're supposed to be, and you will get through it. There's just that knowing when you're on your purpose. So, how does the
0: whole and and I recognize that that this is a nonprofit pursuit, but I still think this applies. How does the whole sales and marketing thing work for for an organization like yours? Like, how do you get a chance to get to do the work?
1: Well, you have to balance doing the emotional work because. I think for the most part, founders of nonprofits are, are doing it because of an emotional experience, an emotional attachment to yeah. what they're doing, right? So there's balancing the need to tell people how important it is. Share your story, because all founders have a story of why they're doing this, with growing the financial aspect. It is a business. The IRS is watching People want to know the financials. People want to know how they're making a difference. So there's a balancing there that takes place and you need, and I needed. we all do, professionals, professional attorneys, professional um, CPAs, professional fundraisers, people who know how to run the business part with you while you're telling the story and really working the mission part of it. And, you know, of course, you can make a living working in nonprofit. It's a little different. Um, You know, it's different in a lot of ways, but it is a business.
0: So what has it been like moving through the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic? Has that had an impact on on the way that
1: that you and your clients go to market? Uh, Definitely. I think leadership is changing. I think that was a very big part of the pandemic's effect on all of us. Uh, I think I would say it used to be more of a military, you know, when I was in my beginnings of the career, very military-like, you know, boss said what he wanted, you did what the boss wanted. And that's how I accepted it. And I think over the years, and certainly my starting something brand new, I was developing different leadership styles. And I think in the pandemic, we all reflected on, is that what I want to do going to work every day? Is that how I want my day to go? Is that the relationship I want with the people I work with and work for? And I think we're all looking for more compassion and leaders who inspire us. And I think that that's a very big difference now, today, versus three years ago, and certainly versus 10 or 15 years ago, the different leadership styles for us all. Well, yeah, I suspect
0: some things that may have worked very well for us before, pre-pandemic. Now these are terms, right? Pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, yes. before maybe
1: don't service as, as as well. Now we're trying to go forward. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think we've all we all have our stories, and they're very valuable. And I don't think that we were raised, many of us, to share those stories. They were private. But people are sharing now, and I think that's a good thing. We want to find where we connect with each other. I don't think we want to be on two sides, you know, the leaders over there and everyone else over here. I think we want to connect and and interconnect and, and intermingle and share and find the commonality because leaders want their teams to rally for them, and the teams, employees all want to feel that they're seen, that they matter, that somebody knows about them and values what they want and includes them. So I think in order to feel included on both sides, the leaders feeling they're included in their entire team base and the team, the employees feeling like people see them and that they matter. I think that communication and that sharing is key more than ever now. So are you finding that
0: that the client is also seeking something different or or more from the the salesperson in, in those relationships as well?
1: Yes, I think every I think all of us are are looking for more from each other, any relationship, personal or business. Um, I think it's about connection. And I talk a lot in my book about the human connection and how that's the key to our success. Once you find your purpose, that human connection is going to take you home.
0: So this book, Purpose, Passion, and Pajamas, I I, got to ask, did it it come together for you pretty easily? Or were there some parts of the book that were more of a struggle to get committed to paper and and articulating things the way you wanted to? What was that experience like writing this book? Well,
1: I tried over the years many times, but pajama program took my attention, you know, 100%. So I started and stopped a while. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to um, pass the baton of executive directorship and the salary to someone who could take it to the next 20 years. And I wanted to write the book. So that's when I did the hardest part. I knew the message. I knew that I wanted to tell everyone, you have a purpose. Promise me you will look. I know. I promise you, you have a purpose. And if there feel there's something missing in your life, there is, and go find it. And I'm here if you want to brainstorm, but the hardest part was the particulars of pajama program and the children. I wanted to, Mm -hmm. I wanted everyone to understand the plight of these children and why it brought me to my knees and why I cried and why I didn't want, you know, to, to, um, I wanted to take them all home, but I didn't want to fill it with all of the devastating stories I heard and learned about. So that was that was difficult because I wanted to share so much and I wanted to be really sensitive to to everyone. And so let's
0: offer the listeners some a little bit of counsel if we can uh, when they get their hands on, on this book do you do you have some recommendations on on uh, how to get the most out of it how to how to
1: utilize the the book. Sure. It's um, a chronological story. But at the end of every chapter are a heart of the matter lessons. And in the chapter that precedes it, there are two, three, or four key points I want the reader to really own. And I list them at the back of every chapter. So it's the heart of the matter lessons that I learned that I want to share at the, uh, at the end of each chapter. So you've done something
0: that uh, I'll I'll confess has been on my bucket list uh, you've conducted a, a TEDx talk. Say a little bit about that. What it was like to prep for it, what the experience was like and and what you found to to unfold af- after
1: doing that. Well, I did it during the pandemic which was very odd. So I do mm. want to do another one live. And I was set to do one live. And then the pandemic hit and TEDx came around and said, OK, hold on all the TEDx. So everybody held. And then when the pandemic didn't end in six months or even a year, they came back and said, OK, we need to continue TEDx's they need to be inspiring. Do them on video, get a cameraman, do them professionally. Here's the logo, whatever. We'll, we'll approve them once you send them in and then we'll run them. That's how I did mine. So it was a very surreal experience. I had did what they said. I got a professional cameraman, but I only had that person and my husband cheering me on. And my story is emotional as most TEDx's I think are. You know, you, you want that feedback from the audience. You want to feel connected because you have a very personal message. So that was strange that I only had my husband and the cameraman there. And I was used to, and still love speaking in front of an audience because of that feedback. But, um, but I did okay. They approved it. It's out. Uh, It's gotten a decent amount of views and it dovetails with my book and, and my story and my messages.
0: Uh, you are so well accomplished, and your and your passion for the, for the work it, it it just it really comes through. Did uh, did you have the benefit of one or more mentors in your corporate career, and or as your entrepreneurial journey w- was unfolding? Did did you get a chance to work with some
1: mentors that helped you navigate some of that terrain? I did. I did. I had a couple of them, but. Um and I had a very good one and constant one whenever I needed her in the nonprofit world when I started that. But early on, somebody gave me the best piece of advice that I give people because we all struggle when we're trying to grow ourselves and our careers, right? We're all trying to do that for the most part. And in addition to one person telling me, get paid on time, no excuses from anybody. And it sounds funny, But I stuck to that and it's always worked. So that was a very simple piece of advice that I don't know if most people hear that from their mentor, but he said that to me and I promised him I would. But a very important um, exercise that someone told me about, I use it to this day and I'm actually looking at it right now, Stone. They said, you know, those days when you think you can't do it, when you're doubting yourself, take out a piece of paper and handwrite every accomplishment that is impressive to you that not everyone else has done. Well, if you do that, if any of your listeners do that, I promise you, you will be amazed at the list of things you've done that you would never have thought a year before, two years before you could have or would have done. And you know what? Most of those things on your list, other people don't do. Most people don't do. And I add to that list. And when I get down and I doubt my next move and I get paralyzed because I'm afraid to take a step and look at that list. And it just, it just gives me inner strength to say, Oh my goodness, look at that. Look at that. I walked out on that job because of something, the way that they were running it or, or look at this thing I did when I didn't think I had any money. How in the world did I all of a sudden get the money to do that. And it's just empowering empowering and I will forever be grateful for that person telling me that. Well I am so glad that I asked. <laughs> <Because> that, <laughs> no, Write that your is, list
0: on if you haven't yet. <laughs> that is an absolute pearl. So as I understand it in your work with companies, you're you're helping leaders really get a get a handle on this idea of shared culture and and and, and goal alignment. I'd love to leave our listeners with a with, with a few, I'll call them pro tips. I did number one pro tip is, is is reach out to Genevieve. But uh, you know, between now and then, maybe a few actionable items, things we should be thinking about, things we should be reading, or just some things to be thinking about if if we want to be serious and, and and focused and intentional. Those of us who do have responsibility for generating results with and through. Other people are there. Some things that we can begin kind of doing on our own before we get our hands on your
1: book and listen to your talk and, and reach out to you. Well, I I created the Purpose Acer program, which I facilitate for leaders and teams, and there are are several exercises in there and suggestions and things that I facilitate with them. But I I think the communication and the sharing has been missing. I. I think that there are there's a group in every organization of the up and coming leaders. They're in the middle, and the top brass can identify them. And that group, honestly, can tell you where your, the leaders going right and where the leaders might be going off course because they're in a great position to either continue and make that company successful. Or take everything they've done in that place where they're riding high and take it somewhere else if they don't feel seen and that their ideas aren't being considered. So I think a really great place to start is with your up and coming leaders to make sure they're on board, to listen to what they need to stay and what they think you're doing right and wrong. And it's a scary thing and it has been for many years for the leader to take a chance and sit down and get that personal. But that is an incredibly powerful group in your organization, those up and coming leaders. And then those that are hired, have been hired within six months or a year A report card, how are we doing together? And people are clearly demanding that they be considered. We see it in the job market. We see it in the change we see in everything we read about corporate America. And I put that now in quotes. So I think those two groups we really have to pay attention to.
0: Okay. Let's make sure that our listeners have an easy path to have a conversation with you or someone on your team where they can access that TEDx talk, get their hands on this book, whatever you feel like is appropriate, whether it's a LinkedIn or website or email. I just want to make sure that folks
1: can can reach out and connect with you. Thank you, Stone. Well, my website has everything, GenevievePituro.com. And sure, LinkedIn has everything too.
0: Well, Genevieve, it has been an absolute delight having you on this show. Thank you so much for, for investing the time and energy to to join us. And thank you for the work. It's a, You're doing incredibly important work, and, and we sincerely appreciate you.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you again for asking me to share share my story. I so appreciate it.
0: All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Genevieve Peturo, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you in the fast lane.